0: Hey BSP fans, it's Tim here, and you're listening to episode 35 of the Black Swamp Podcast. Like always, thanks for tuning in. We know your schedule is likely booked, so we appreciate you letting us be a part of your day. If you like what you hear, feel free to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts, then throw us a review and some stars if you listen on Apple Podcasts. That always helps boost our exposure and push our little podcasts out to more percussion enthusiasts like yourself. Uh, no major housekeeping today. Um, I will mention we did just finish our latest sound solution project, uh, but you can still view all the educational performance resources we shared over the last two weeks on our website. Uh, you can visit www.blackswamp.com/promoportal. Sorry, that's promo-portal, or visit the link in this episode's show notes. Uh, We released great content from Donnie Johns, Colleen Bernstein, Remy Thornton, J.B. LeClaire, Michael Patassin, and more. Um, So this week, I got to talk to a friend and longtime BSP artist, Josh Smith. Uh, After catching up for a bit about family, uh, travel, and just life in general, uh, I got to learn more about some of Josh's professional development and his music publishing company ox and lamb he's got a great new subscription promotion happening called the ox and lamb music club as a subscriber to the club you'll receive three brand new percussion solo pieces uh, one each from composers andrea Vene, michael burritt and dame evelyn gleddy delivered straight to your inbox as a pdf uh all super cool Uh, Each solo will be between five to eight minutes in length and written at an intermediate difficulty level. Uh, Imagine basically uh, advanced high school to early college. Uh, The cost to join the club is only $45, which gets you all three exclusive solos uh, available for a limited time through Oxen Lamb. So we'll throw a link in the show notes, or you can visit oxenlammusic.com and click the What's New button to learn more. Otherwise, here's Josh.
1: I'm gonna have to get Ma and Pa outside to <laughs> to move the, the to move the water wheel a little faster so our internet can work better.
0: Oh man! Uh, how did
1: how did the pioneers survive without internet and electronics?
0: I don't know. I my biggest uh, question is how did people navigate without smartphones? Like. Yeah. And how did you? How did you, not you, Josh? Just people in general. Like, yeah. Get. How did we not use Google Maps uh, ten years ago? Like, how did I even find McDonald's? Yeah. I don't have it no was, idea.
1: It was just memory. It was all memory.
0: <laughs> yeah. And memory.
1: We we remembered things.
0: I uh, I just. I sometimes I talk to my dad about this when we would go on vacation. He would get these AAA triptychs oh um, i love those were, yeah so it was like and this is even before you know you had G- before gps then you had like yeah google maps and then you could print out directions to stuff so that was yeah. probably 10 or 12 years ago but yeah 20 years ago yeah you you would e- well i don't even know how you got you couldn't email so you just like wrote yeah. AAA, like carrier pigeon or something and then that's right or phone call yeah <laughs> phone call Woo, ever... that's scary you ever talk and to then, like
1: a? Tr- you ever talk to like a trucker who's been trucking for you know decades, twenty years, thirty years?
0: No, I try to avoid Some... truckers. <laughs> <laughs> no. I hope I mean, there aren't any have, truckers listening, right? If you have
1: yeah. to, like at a family reunion. No, I'm serious. You talk to an old trucker, and you say, "Oh, we're thinking of going blah blah blah." I'd like pick anywhere in the country, and then they'll right. go, "Oh yeah, so you're gonna take 64 over to 75." And they'll just they'll start yeah. naming all the highways because yeah. they got it.
0: Yeah my uh, uh, brother-in-law he we used to give him a hard time sort of cuz we'd travel on uh, like a family vacation every other year yeah. and and you know we had garmin's you know that also before like iphone gps like google maps and stuff right. or whatever so we had garmin's and and uh, he would actually follow his um, odometer so he knew, like, okay, it was, like, 55 miles to the next exit, and right. he would follow his odometer. And if, it, if the exit was at actually, like, 54 miles or, like, something was up, he would pass the exit because his odometer <laughs> hadn't reached 55 miles yet. So it was like, uh, okay, like, I'm not that hardcore. Like, I'll actually watch for signs, I guess. But Wasn't um,
1: that on an episode of The Office where he turned into a lake? Yeah, He's like, yeah, yeah. It's totally. telling me
0: to turn right, <laughs> right now. So, so they end up yeah in ponder, like so. You know, um,
1: those those AAA triptychs. You know those they had one advantage over like the maps you get you know from the Bureau of Tur- Tourism or gas right, station right. maps. The AAA triptychs had where the rest stops were.
0: Oh that's, yeah, sure.
1: That's one of the things that I loved about it. It's like okay, all I,
0: all the key features, important stuff. Yeah. Right. Or, yeah. Or get maybe well, do they have gas stations? That's had, where I get, symbol I, I get little for
1: gas and food and rest stop. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Cause I'd get stuck sometimes again when we, I mean, we don't travel too far from home regularly anymore, yeah. but uh, when we are going to North Carolina in uh, like a month and there is one part of like West Virginia, right past Charleston where there's no gas stations for like, it uh, feels like a hundred miles. And then, you know, right. I, I, there was one time where, um, it was like deliverance. Like we pulled off this gas station and it was like off the road by a little stream. And, you know, it was just like mainly bait that they sold. And I hope they had gas. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's was like, oof. I hope we, so now I've learned my lesson. Yeah. I'd get, I make sure I get gas like right outside Charleston.
1: Yeah. You know, they say time travel is not possible, but, uh, when you go to one of those gas stations, yeah. You're going back in time a little bit.
0: Yeah, yeah. It was, I, I don't know. I was just like, lock the doors, girls. Like, yep. I don't know what's going to happen. I might not get, I have to pay inside, and I might not come out. I don't know. I That's love right. you. I, I love you guys. <laughs> We've had a good run, folks. Yeah. <laughs> right, right, So speaking where, of traveling, we're, we're, go ahead.
1: Are you, where are you going in North Carolina?
0: Uh, we go to Holden Beach, which is okay. right on the on the ocean front. Like, there's a kind of a. You know, place we can rent uh, beach houses. We've done nice. it since I since I was kind of my girl's age, like junior high. Cool. And we go yeah, pretty much every other year. There was a stretch like when I was in college that I didn't go. Maybe my my parents would go with their friends. They still go yeah. they, every year. My parents go. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say um,
1: they still talk about those trips. Yeah, those wow. are the they, best they ones. Had a that's last. <laughs> that, yeah, that's
0: what I tell my. That's what I tell my girls. So like I'll reminisce with my wife. It's like remember when we used to do that by ourselves in the BC cares? years, so, yeah. Yeah, before yeah, before children. Kids. Yeah, right, right. Uh, yeah. So well, we I was go, gonna yeah.
1: say, if you're gonna go near Asheville, North Carolina, I highly recommend the Asheville Pinball Museum.
0: Oh, I actually I saw that on a map. Because we were talking about taking a day, because usually we, we kind of caravan down, sort of. Yeah. And we yeah. Stay, My family, so it's like my sister and my brother in law and their two kids, and then my wife and my two kids, uh, our kids, and my mom and dad, and then my mom's two sisters. So my, like my yeah. aunts. So we sort of caravan down, but we meet like halfway at a hotel the first night. Yeah. And I was like, you know, we could, and that's in um, Virginia, just north mm-hmm. of uh, North Carolina. Yeah. And Asheville's like it's maybe like a two hour drive from there. And I was like, you know what, we could spend do an overnight in Asheville and there's like tons of like waterfalls and nature Mm -hmm. type stuff and cool things. And then I did see this pinball museum on the on the map. And I was like, who the heck goes to a pinball museum? So Josh, Dude, tell me all about this pinball we, museum.
1: We did a family trip in that area and my wife set it up. It was a total surprise. And we got there and she's like, here it is. And I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. And you looked inside and there's a bunch of pinball machines, that, you know, <laughs> yeah. all the old school ones. I'm right. like, oh, cool. And inside I'm thinking, okay, so you got to, where do we get our quarters? You know, we got yeah. to roll, roll of quarters. She said, no, you pay one fee to get into the museum and everything is free. Yeah, also awesome. like you, you pay whatever fifteen bucks each or something. Yeah. But then in the back they have all of the old uh, stand-up video games, and uh, yeah. I mean, if you're into that sort of thing, oh my goodness, I could have spent all I, day there.
0: Yeah, I'm. I think I would be once I got there. Right now it doesn't sound very exciting. Um, but <laughs> touching uh, no, all I the th- buttons, everybody's touched. Yeah, yeah right. You you have a hazmat suit on. I didn't. Well, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, uh, COVID might be an issue, but. Uh, my, I'm sure we would have fun. I'm sure my girls would think it was a blast. And it that actually reminds me too, my wife. This was two years ago. She has a coworker that had like a a, a party like for their team, their yeah. design team where they work. And in his basement I think he had ten twelve pinball machines. And mm-hmm. it was all set up and free. So like the um so it was just the, the employees, like their their co workers and stuff that went and basically he had, was had invited families to come like next time, you know, bring your kids, bring your families and we'll make this cool. family affair. So I think that's on the, it's on the schedule sometime, maybe in the next uh, six to eight months or something. Oh, whenever they, fun. Yeah. So, um, and then there is a place at uh, another reminder, uh, Eric at work, uh, yeah. BSP founder. Um, he's wanted to take uh, like a, a little company field trip, like a team building thing. to about a half hour or 45 minutes south of where we work is a is a similar like old school arcade and pinball place and i think it's yeah you like you pay a flat fee and then you go in you can just play arcade games and pinball and do fun stuff so all um, day yeah i'd be there Um, all day so uh, this does actually lead me. We'll talk about music or something or uh, your what you got going Matt, on in a minute. But yeah, sure. But, but this does lead me actually to one question or one the topic that I wanted to bring up, and you okay. already kind of alluded to it. You do take a lot of family trips, like yeah. you and your your family, and uh, specifically, I, you have a goal as a family to visit. Is it the highest point in every state and like camp at the highest point in every state? Well,
1: just, just hike up to the highest point in every
0: state.
1: Sometimes it's been half and half. We've tent camped and we've done that. Other times we're doing hotel stuff, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's just, uh, it's just a fun way to get out and see different things and see different states. Uh, right. It sounds, you know, saying the highest point in every state, that sounds like, you know, we're icing up with our <laughs> axes and crampons and, yeah, right. you know, we're making the summit in every state. I mean, yes. Florida was underwhelming. Oh, okay. You know, I mean, it's I mean, like it's, below
0: it, sea level. The highest point yeah, in the state yeah. is below sea level. We had to go <laughs>
1: spelunking for it. Yeah.
0: Right.
1: No, I mean, it's cool, man. I mean, it's the highest point above sea level, but that doesn't mean it's the highest from base to summit. But right. it's just fun. You know, we, we, we plan our trips for where, whatever state we're going to or multiple states. And then uh, while we're there, we're also tourists. We just kind of mess around and see what's going on. Yeah, uh, Yeah, I mean, it's been a lot of fun. We're up to 23 states now.
0: Holy cow. That's almost half of them, I think.
1: We're too away from I mean, I'd, that, have, if
0: I know. I'd, I'd have to get my calculator out, but I'm pretty yeah. sure that's close to half the states. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> so is that like how you found the pinball, the pinball museum? Was that part of it, or
1: uh, no? That was something different. Um, we had oh. already done the North Carolina High Point, but no, we just I don't know. We just uh, really enjoy our time together. We're pretty selfish with our time with each other, and sure. our kids are in middle school now, but they still love it. I mean, we started it seven, eight years ago, something like that. Okay. Um, and they always look forward to our high point trips.
0: Yeah. Is that what you call it? That's like the, we're doing our yeah. high point trip. Yeah. Yeah. Is, yeah. is it, how long do you usually, how long are you on the road? Like one to two weeks or you just try to keep it to a week and hit a bunch of different places?
1: It just depends. You know, we did the longest one we've done so far. Um, we did five states in one trip. And that was like Alabama, Georgia, South Carolina, North Carolina, um, Tennessee. And yeah. that was a, like a six day trip. You know, so we'll, you know, sometimes we can knock out one or two, like in a, a driving route. You know what I mean? And
2: right. then
1: we'll stay somewhere, and then we'll mess around, and then we'll leave and do another couple on our way to the next thing. So we kind of map it out pretty strategically, where, because most of the time the high points, it's like, you know, states make something of it. You know, there's a usually a sign, but it's not like a big six flags every every time every time <laughs> right. you go. Yeah. You know. So yeah. you kind of have to plan other things around it.
0: Well, that was, I guess, one kind of point I was going to make is pro- yeah, probably the highest point in each state isn't the most exciting point in each state. So you kind of right. have to like right. like, figure out, OK, what are you going to do on the way there? But I yeah. think just that it's what's exciting is like, yeah, it's sort of the goal, you know, and like it's yeah. a family. Like you're saying, like you're selfish with your your time as a family, which yeah. I it, interpret as like you enjoy spending time with your like as oh. a whole as a family and you want to do it as much as possible i guess yeah. if i'm if i'm hearing that correctly and then you are yeah yeah and and then i yeah what's i guess what i find the coolest thing about it and why i always sort of remember it like when we we see each other at PASIC or whenever other times yeah like i that's what i i always kind of think about because i think it's yeah. a, a really cool Like, goal as a family, like almost like a a little mission that you have, and that you're everybody's on board with it. So, yeah, Yeah. how like whose idea was that? Like, you or your it's me and my wife. Um,
1: you know, at that time, our kids were itty bitty, it seems like, and uh, we were living in a pretty small town, and we noticed that a lot of people kind of didn't really get out and do much. And my wife and I always we try to get out and do stuff. In the BC years, we would go out and hike and kayak and canoe and right. you know do things like that. And we were like, oh, we've got to get our kids out of out of um, sort of just our immediate surroundings, you know. And uh, we also we've learned that we like to vacation, sort of uh, do something different and see something new. Right. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, we we've used like families timeshares before and while we're there it's like oh this is great i don't know if i'd want to be here every year though you know what i mean those kinds of things it's like okay well let's just do something different and then my wife is a a speech language pathologist and she had a patient years ago say
0: that time say that five times fast (laughs) that's right that's right So that was a little speech language pathologist joke there i can't even say it so yeah sorry that was stupid (laughs) that was a dad joke (laughs) Keep no, going. Josh. I'm, I'm
1: on board, Tim. I'm on board. Right. Um, and she had a patient that said that they did that. And she just always had it simmering in the back of her mind. And then once we started thinking yeah. about what to do, we were like, oh, let's let's try it out. OK. And yeah. so at that time, uh, I think Mississippi was the closest one to where we were living. And so we we ended up taking a wrong turn and went to Shiloh National Battlefield. I'm not okay. sure that's it. Even- it's like one of the bloodiest battles of the Civil War down right. southern Tennessee, uh, northern Mississippi area, something like that. And uh, so that was kind of on the way there, and we just stopped and we got out and walked around and thought, oh wow, this is pretty cool. So that helped kind of form the vision of everything. Okay, so I'll go here's the, here are the high points on the map. Boom, boom, boom. Well, what? Let's look around there. So on the way we could deviate and do this and do this. So. I mean, we've just really had a blast putting everything together. A few years ago, we went out and did the Dakotas, North Dakota, South Dakota, and kind of looped our way back. That was our biggest road trip at the time. And we hiked around in the Badlands. If you've never been there, I highly suggest it. Oh, wow. Wow, it's just fantastic. I mean, it's it's like another world out there. It's really wonderful.
0: Yeah, it's like, I don't know, my wife and I talk about, like, you know, things we would want to do like yeah we've never been to like the dakotas um arizona we went there like grand canyon a couple years ago that was amazing so kind of next on our list was southern utah you know oh my goodness even even cities like we've never like i've been to washington dc but literally like the train station and yeah so it was like (laughs) we got out and eric and i had taken a trip years ago you know we we went by train so kind of you know we went to steve weiss music and A couple other places like visit some retailers out there and sure we we kind of went by train and then rented a car we visited some vendors too i guess on on the east coast but so you know we got to dc and and we basically just like walked out of the train station and looked around and then walked back in and got back on the train yeah (laughs) yeah so so we're like yeah uh, we would want to do you know stuff like that or even go to philadelphia like more kind of historic places and then yeah that's i think that's part of why we wanted to at least do it overnight in Asheville, like on the way, because, I mean, we love going down to Holden Beach, which is like southern North Carolina, right on the coast, yeah. like just just north of South Carolina. Sure. Um, and you know, we're right on the ocean, and the girls, you know, we pretty much just chill for five days. And there's like a cool aquarium in um, yeah. like outside of that area in Southport. Um, and so we usually do that, and but we're kind of like, you know, let's we would like to do something, you know, different. And so yeah, uh, we were thinking about going to Asheville, but I don't know if it's going to work out. So.
1: You may be close to the high point. Uh, I think North Carolina is Mount Mitchell, and okay. that's one that's one of the ones that sticks in our memory. It was really yeah. pretty up there.
0: Yeah, I was going to ask because we always drive by also Fancy Gap, which is where the what's the big the road <laughs> that goes like all the way the. I keep wanting to say Blue Star Highway, but that's in where's a, where's that's a truck in Michigan when you need it. Yeah, I know. It's like the big. Yeah. It's like yeah. it's like the one that's like yeah. totally scenic, like a super like Shana- scenic drive. Like
1: Shenandoah, Shenandoah Overpass, or the yeah, I don't know through the Blue like, Ridge Mountains.
0: Blue Ridge Parkway is what it's called. Blue Ridge yeah, Parkway, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So we were gonna try to hop on that, but Fancy Gap is like right there, and there's like this huge kind of. um like I was gonna say, a structure, some sort of stone structure there, you know. Mm-hmm. Some, um, so I was curious if maybe it was part of that, but um, I
1: don't yeah. remember that. Maybe.
0: Um. Okay. Cool. So enough about uh, <laughs> enough about our travel experiences. Um, no, it's so cool. It's fun to talk about that. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It was on my mental notes. I didn't have any. I don't have any written notes for this conversation, but it was on definitely in my mental notes. So let's go even further back B- B- B.C. before kids. And maybe okay. be, maybe not before college, not that B- far B.C. Yeah. But yeah. like I know you you live in um, Kentucky now. Yep. And, Lexington, Kentucky. Yeah. Right. And you went to sc- I know you went to school in um, North Texas. You got your doctorate in North Texas. Right but i'll be straight up i don't we've known each other a long time and i don't really know much that <laughs> much more about like sort of your backstory and, and oh, no, kind of where okay. you went to school and grew up so i don't know bird's eye view like what tell me tell me kind of how you got started in progression how you you know i don't know really where you're from i can tell yeah. you're from the south a little bit because you're okay because of the way that you talk um, yeah sorry was that <laughs> that was totally rude sorry uh that's all right. Okay, can, you make can, fun of me now, Josh. I can
1: I can I can turn it on and off. It's okay. <laughs> do
0: a do a Midwest act no, I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah. just talk through your nose the rest of the interview and then you'll sound like me. Perfect. Um, perfect. Uh, I can do that. So, <laughs> uh, so yeah, just give me a little bit of backstory.
1: Oh I forgot who it was. I was listening it's like a few episodes ago. Somebody started percussion like in grade school in right. like second grade, and that's that was my story as well.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah, cool.
1: Uh, I was born in North Carolina, and my folks ended up moving up into uh, the Buffalo, New York area. And okay. that's where I was in grade school. And I started in second grade. Um, and it was just so, I think about it all the time. It was so serendipitous. It was like uh, they had band tryouts, and I was like, ah, I thought about it now. Nah, I'm not going to do that. And then band tryouts were done. And so we just went about our school day, and the band director went to every single classroom in the second grade and said, he was saying, Hey, we need another drummer. We need another percussion person. Anybody in this class? And then I thought, okay, this is my chance. Sure, I'll give it a shot. Yeah. And I got in there, and I just loved it, man. I just loved it. And so uh, that was my that was kind of my gateway, you know, right. just school band program, and we did parades and uh, sc- concerts and things like that.
0: Um, that was second grade.
1: Second, or the- yeah.
0: Oh, holy cow! Yeah, yeah nine I'm, years old. I'm trying to remember who that that conversation was with because I do kind of remember them uh it was somebody whatever. out of
1: dc I think they live in dc yeah. now oh
0: maybe donnie Donny johns who's I think so uh, in the yeah in the dc area yeah I remember talking to him about it and that, that kind of blows my mind like what was I doing in second grade yeah it wasn't I wasn't thinking about playing percussion I guess it was like fifth grade so it's not far after that but
1: it's not far no but I you know it was it was just And I think about that now when I think about, you know, when our kids were growing up, we were asking other music people or whatever, so when's a good time to start doing music lessons? Not like we were, you know, uh, we had this fire under us. Okay, they've got to follow in my footsteps or anything like that. It's like, okay, they're getting older. And then they said, as soon as your kids can start talking and forming words and sentences, that's also a good time to start introducing music. And I thought, okay, you know, Suzuki, they start, you know, uh, as soon as they're... You know, they go into their one-year birthday cake and they pull out a violin bow. So they start <laughs> yeah. They start pretty early, you know. Right. It's like, okay. And then I thought, well, well, golly, I started in second grade, you know. I mean, anyway, I think it's just maybe the Northeast and right. kind of that. Sorry, it,
0: can we just acknowledge the fact that you said golly, too? Did is I? That a, is, is that a normal uh word in your voc- your sort of daily that's, vocabulary, golly?
1: That's about as a... It's about as cuss word as I get.
0: I that <laughs> <laughs> well, was it. Was pretty intense. So I'm gonna I'm gonna write golly down, and I'm gonna try to substitute that when I when I do <laughs> because I can't say worse than that, and yeah. I have, and I yeah, shouldn't. I do so too sometimes. I will. I, no, 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 no. I, I I'll write. Go- I'm gonna put a mental uh, thumbtack in the word golly. So yeah. Okay. Well, I knew you going. didn't
1: want to put one of those explicit labels on the podcast. <laughs> Uh, yeah, line, I'm gonna so. bleep
0: I'm gonna bleep out the word golly. So Right.
1: <laughs> well no, that's why I chose golly. All right.
0: Anyway.
1: Uh, uh yep. I forgot what we were talking anyway, so yeah. I I I just did that and uh, like I said, maybe that's a northeast thing or something. I don't know. Uh, because the oh. other guy I was listening to, he was in that area or that part of the country. So yeah, sure. I don't know, maybe they just approach it differently.
0: Um well I know now like I mean, where we live and I, this is kind of the area I grew up to where I, where I live now. And, um, like my daughter started violin in sixth grade. And mm-hmm. so, which is, I think I started percussion in fifth grade or whatever. And, yeah, um, so, and then, okay. So you're, you're in percussion since like second grade, like, yeah. like, and then all the way, obviously all the way through high school, was, all and, the way through college and doctoral program. Since. <laughs> yeah, haven't right. stopped since. Yeah. Right. I
1: remember, and, I, I remember doing lessons out in the hallway with my Haskell Har uh, oh, yeah. uh, uh, drum book. I found it the other I was cleaning out some stuff and I found my Haskell Har thing and I, I saw notes that I had written and wow. dates for the assignments and stuff and yeah. my practice log. I still have my 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 slanted uh, practice pad.
0: Yeah. You know cool. what I
1: mean? Yeah, so I, yeah, so no, uh, go ahead.
0: It's no, it's just funny about how you like remember things or you saw you you found some stuff like I think the furthest back I go is, like, kind of college area era. Like, well, yeah. you know, in our storage room, I have, like, some old notebooks or, or music. I kind of have a, a catalog of music when I used to play, you know, solos, yeah. marimba solos and vibe solos and whatever, multi-percussion stuff. And so sometimes if I'm just, like, getting a light bulb or changing the, changing the furnace filter, I'll yeah. uh, kind of poke through that stuff a little bit. It's and fun, like it, yeah. Yeah, it brings back some memories. But I do, like, from when, like when I started... I have one specific memory of the and he was a band director in our kind of in our area not at the school i went to but he would he kind of worked with the young um, percussionists at my school and he was a local band director and a percussionist and there was one time you know he had eight or nine you know, fifth grade percussionist trying to figure out how to hold sticks and play, you know, basic rhythms and stuff. And yeah. it was a mess. And he's like, I'm going <laughs> to use this French word to describe how that just went. And he said, he's like, that sounded like garbage. Like, it's, you know, stuff garbage. It was garbage. Like, uh, it always sticks out to me. Like, we were like, wow, he's going to speak French to us. We're like, oh, we just got dissed big time. Yeah. So, so it's like,
1: um, yeah, that's like old school Rick rolling you know they set <laughs> yeah, you up right. and then they
0: just boom yeah. hit you with it yeah yeah um so how where did you okay so you got you played through high school did were you in New York yeah. all the through high school or no uh,
1: fifth grade i moved out to Kansas and i was in Kansas for 4 years my folks split up and so my sister and i kind of hopped back and forth living with mom and then living with dad oh i and see sure my dad was out in Kansas and then after that my mom mo- is from Kentucky so when it was time to live with her, I moved to Kentucky. And then that's, um, uh, so then that, that was like ninth grade on. All right. Um,
0: yeah. and then where did you go to undergrad then? Like, where'd you start going to school? Cause uh, U- I know you UK. ended it. Go yeah. Ahead.
1: UK was my undergrad. So, um, when right. I moved to Kentucky, I was in Lexington and right. that's where your university of Kentucky is.
0: Right. Uh, I do remember that now because you at PASIC. Yeah. you usually have like a UK either like an alumni sticker or a little, little patch or something on your badge. So okay, yeah. Yeah. yeah, this is these are ringing bells now. I hear lots of bells right? This is all coming back to me. Yeah, and then North Texas uh, well, I, for well, just after duck-
1: that. Well, after I did my undergrad there, um, I was on the I was on the super senior program, so it took more than four years. After yeah, that, there. I got a. You know, the whole time I started off as an electrical engineering major, and
2: I mean
1: well, I mean, it was fine for a year, yeah. and I was fine with the classes and everything, and but I'm, I was just looking around and I thought, golly, these are not my people." Yeah. and you know, and I was talking to my mom about it, she said, "Just pick a major in something you'd love to do." Yeah. and I'm like, "Well, I mean, I can do electrical engineering, but I don't love it. Let me think, what do I love to do?" Drum line. That's the only thing yeah. I love to do. It's like, all right, I guess I'll be a music major. You know what I mean? Yeah. And the, so I. No,
0: did. That's exactly what happened to me. Sorry, I don't want yeah. to interrupt, but like, I, yeah, I played all through, through high school, and that's like the only thing I excelled at. I tried to play sports, and I, it didn't work. I, and mm-hmm. I um, was just like, you know, I had to work at music. I had to practice, obviously, but it was like, it sort of came a little more naturally to me. And yeah, I my dad is a or was an audio engineer, like a speaker audio engineer. Cool. Yeah. And I was like, I I was kind of into drafting and drawing also in high school. Yeah. Like art, but then also mechanical drawing and drafting and stuff. And I was like, oh, that's what engineers do. I'll be an engineer like my dad. And I mm-hmm. I think even then, like my freshman year in college. I think my dad was like, "What is this kid doing? Like, what? Hmm. <laughs> this is this isn't your so, jam. Like, you're not wired like that." And I, I wasn't. Man, I got into calculus and I got into like, you know, some engineering classes, and I was, yeah, you know, yeah. even being in the engineering building, I was like, "Oh, this is this is not me." And so, I, yeah, I switched to being a music major my second year, and my dad that, was like, "Yeah, about time." Like, isn't that funny perfect. how your
1: dad saw that before you did? Yeah, yeah, you know I'll what I mean?
0: tell. Yeah. My wife's a graphic designer and I've told her many times, like when, you know, I was sitting down with my folks kind of figuring out maybe a possible career path and stuff. And my dad's like, I think you should look into graphic design because you, Mm -hmm. you know, you're, you're kind of artistic and you're, you like that, you know, you're drafting and drawing. And um, he's, I was like, no, dad, I'm going to be an engineer like you. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Door. I've always oh, yeah. said if I didn't do
1: music, my, my second, my other career choice probably would have been some kind of graphic artist or oh, architect yeah. or something like that. Yeah.
0: yeah. And it's, uh, I don't know Wait, I mean, and at Black Swamp, you know, I don't, I don't have a marketing degree and I don't have a design degree and I, yeah. I, and I've used my wife, um, like before like to do work for us sure and and but then i've also kind of picked stuff up along the way so i, I do kind of get yeah. to, to do some of it i'm I'm just i'm dangerous enough i know enough to be dangerous like yeah. using photo photoshop and InDesign and stuff like that yeah but yeah for sure if there's major heavy lifting i i try to pull my wife into so right <laughs> uh, yeah okay yeah, twist her arms yeah i do sometimes actually um uh Okay. So you were going to be an engineering major and you were like, yeah, one year
1: of that. Yeah. So then I decided, okay, I'm just going to do music, but I refuse to be a band director. It's like, all right, fine. So
0: same spent,
1: (laughs) spent my, yeah, spent my five years. Like I did my first year, I was on the six year plan. So I feel like I had my first three years and then my three senior years. (laughs) (laughs) And that I just, man, I just, I enjoyed it so much. I just took my time with it and I didn't get into the music stuff until a year later. So it took me five Mm -hmm. years anyway. And then uh, the whole time, I'm like, no way am I going to be a band director. I still don't know what I'm going to do with it, but I'm not going to be a band director. So I graduated, got my first job as a band director.
2: Ah, nice. uh, (laughs) Yeah,
1: yeah, I I was the assistant director, and I conducted one of the bands, and I did all the percussion stuff and general music stuff. And at at the time in Kentucky, uh, every teacher had to have their master's. There was some education reform act that was enacted by the state government, and uh, you had five years to get halfway through your master's degree, and then you had another five years to complete it. So K through 12, everybody had to have their master's, didn't matter what they taught. Uh, and I was getting to the end of my fourth year, and I had gotten married at the time. And um, I said to my wife, I said, look, I'm not even anywhere close to getting 15 hours in in a master's, you know. I'm, I'm thinking we should just kind of, I could just cut ties, just go into a master's program full on, and then figure out, just go back to band directing after that, you know what I mean? Yeah. And she's like, okay, well, I'm in, you know, so then I auditioned a couple places and went out to James Madison University out in Virginia in the Shenandoah Valley, close to the okay. Blue Ridge Parkway. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Very cool. And uh, and so that was for your master's.
1: Yep. I, I did my master's there and then I stayed an next year. Uh, the Bill Rice was the professor there and he asked me to stay and teach adjunct for another year. So I did that. And that whole time I was auditioning for DMA programs because I said to my wife, I said, if I want to teach college, then it's, it's kind of, this is the best time to do it. You know what I mean? So yeah, it, sure. it'll just be another three years after this. And then, um, just another after...
0: three years. I mean, you've already put in a, a seven or eight. What's another three? <laughs> What's another three? <laughs> right.
1: You know, it takes mo- takes a lot of people, you yeah. know, nine years to finish college. <laughs> Enough <from> Tommy boy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, then, uh, started the program out at North Texas and, did that for 3 years and graduated and then um got a teaching job in Tennessee. That was my first college like full-time college teaching job, but I had right. you know taught adjunct and kind of pieced things together along the way.
0: Yeah, cool. Um and that's kind of what you're what you're doing now in Kentucky.
1: Yeah. Yeah, transitioned back to Kentucky, back to um uh, we have two sets of grandparents here and I have some good connections here and we moved back here. And uh, I'm teaching out at Moorhead State University, and I'm also teaching at University of Kentucky. I teach the drumline at UK during oh, football good. season. Yeah, and then that, Yeah, and then that whole time I teach um, uh, adjunct percussion, percussion lessons, applied lessons, class percussion. And now I'm conducting the one of the concert bands at Moorhead. <laughs> so, Dude. Yeah, so, so all the –
0: that band director experience is going to come in handy now, like 20 years later.
1: (laughs) Well, no, I did that when I taught at uh, Bethel University in Tennessee. I also was was the associate director there. And so I did all the percussion and it's a, there were only six full-time faculty. So we all had all kinds of hats that we wore. So I was, I was the director of the wind band there. And I, uh, a buddy of mine, we tag teamed the marching band and I taught music theory and history of American pop music. And, you know, just, all of those things that people at small schools do—you just kind to teach everything.
0: All right. So, um, on top of all the the teaching and and mm-hmm. vacationing uh, yeah. with your family, and or or just traveling from different schools and stuff like that, you also decided at some point it would be a, a great idea to start a music publishing company. Yeah,
1: Oxland <laughs> Music. Yeah, it was, right. yeah, th- yeah. Perfect. Uh,
0: <laughs> yeah so that's i mean kind of one of the, also one of the main things that i wanted to talk to you about like sure bit, you know what wh- how that developed and you uh-huh. kind of have some cool you know, you have a cool project going on now with a, a like a publication project and then kind of seeing yeah. what's going on in the future so give me the backstory on ox and lamb like where how did that take shape
1: Yeah, there were some. There are a couple things that went into play with that. Uh, One is my wife's father retired, and he was a a chief financial officer of a big medical uh, uh, association with the University of Kentucky uh, hospitals, and he retired, and they moved out to Arizona. You mentioned Arizona, and he couldn't get a job. He couldn't get a job even as like a bank teller for whatever reason, maybe because of, uh, uh, you know, age or whatever. You know, was he a bank robber? Uh, No, he wasn't a bank robber.
0: (laughs) Okay, that would be like maybe the first thing that you wouldn't be able to get a job. That was my second, my second dad joke for (laughs) that.
1: Yeah, no, I told him that's the first thing he should say. By the way, I'm not a bank robber. (laughs) He said he said it at every interview, (laughs) but I don't know why he didn't didn't get any bites. Right. I don't know. I don't know. So anyway, uh, and I thought, well, you know. Uh, golly, you know, Yeah. I just wanted to make make you smile again. Yeah. I just thought, well, okay. So when all this is said and done, you know, that'd be 35 years when I retire, you know, at that point. And it's like, I want to have something to do, you know, say if I start now, then I'll have that, you know, it'll be built up by the time I can retire at retirement age. Right. So that, that was a big factor. And another factor is I had had a couple of pieces published with other folks and, uh, and I had on one of them. I wanted to make sure I had like a uh, an instrument key. It was a multi. It was a, a percussion ensemble piece, and I wanted to have an instrument key on the top of each page. Just a little graphic of this is the staff, this is tom, this is bass drum, this is cymbal. You know what I mean? Instead yeah. of one one master sheet in the score, I wanted it on everybody's part. And I sent it off to the person, and he goes, "Okay, well I can't do that." It's like, well, what program are you using? And he told me, I'm using Finale. I said, okay, what version? He told me, and I said, okay, here's what you do. And I step by step, go to the menu, choose this, do this, (laughs) do this, this, select this, do this, do, 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 do. And then he got back to me about a week later. He's like, I I, I can't do it. Sorry, it's just not going to have it on the music. And I was like, oh, okay. And I (laughs) thought to myself, you know, and and then so that was right about the same time I was reading a piece of music from another publisher, and there were typos, and the margins were running into each other, and me Uh kind of having that engineering architect kind of visual perspective that I have. It's like, I can do this better. I know I can do this better. That's like, okay, well, I think then maybe that's what I should do. So, uh, that's what started Ox and Lamb.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, Mm -hmm. uh, can, what about the name? Does anybody ever ask you about the name?
1: Not as many people as as you would think. Well, I wanted something memorable and I wanted something I read somewhere that if it has like a hard consonant, like a K in sure. the title, Ox, you know what I mean? Then yeah. it's more memorable and it, it's a little bit more of a hook. And if yeah. you think about, you know, Skype has a K in it, you know, anyway. Yeah. Um, black, uh, black Swamp Percussion. Black. I was just going to say that. <laughs> uh, right. But there's a, uh, one of the verses in the uh, the Christmas Carol, uh, Little Drummer Boy. Yeah, uh, sure. It says, Mary nodded, perumpa pum the ox and lamb kept on perumpa And I don't yeah. know, that was just always a cool image to yeah, me yeah. Of, of, you know, uh, of that. So, I thought, okay, that's memorable. And then I talked to somebody who was a graphics person and they designed the logo and we went back and forth. And um, that's just kind of, you know, that, that's where we are today.
2: Today's episode is brought to you by PrimePhonic, the streaming service designed for classical music. PrimePhonic is here to save classical music for the streaming era. The app features high-res audio, radio on demand, curated playlists, and podcasts with famous artists. Times are tough these days, but Prime Phonic pays classical musicians in a fair way, paying per second and not per track. This is a huge deal compared to the other services that only pay artists per song. The app features a massive catalog featuring some of our favorites here at the shop, like John Cage, Steve Reich, Evelyn Glennie, and Ivan Trevino. For a limited time, Black Swamp podcast listeners are getting two months free of Prime Phonic with the exclusive promo code BLACKSWAMP. Visit the link in the show notes, enter the promo code, and you're good to go. Again, that promo code is BLACKSWAMP, all caps and all one word. Prime Phonic, the streaming service designed for classical music. So sometimes I ask...
0: People kind of entrepreneurial. How do you say it? Yeah, I always say that wrong too. Entrepreneurial. Entre- Entre- entrepreneurial about being an entrepreneur, <laughs> and yeah. uh, like, and kind of having that spirit or having a little bit of that drive. Like, is does that play a little bit of part in kind of starting your own company? I mean, you sort of mentioned like having something to do, like having something in the future like yeah. to like uh kind of a project that would be a longer lasting right thing um and then obviously having you know your own thoughts and ideas of how things should look and go i think that's really part of it but yeah. is there anything else that that you're like hey i i think i want to do this because you you're kind of maybe business minded or have a sort of a sense of being an entrepreneur or have you never thought of it that way
1: i, I don't know i mean i guess I've, you know um my relationship with my dad was not fantastic, Mm. but I did glean a couple of things just in living with him for those few years I did, where he would just kind of do things on his own, you know, like converted uh, this room into another room. It's like, what? Oh, and I saw him tearing down the walls. I'm like, oh, okay. And I I remember, you know, as a kid saying to myself, that doesn't look that hard. You know what I mean? I know it's hard, I know it's difficult, but (laughs) in my head I was like, oh, is that all you do? Okay. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then um, I, I, listened to, I, listened to, I listened to some podcasts. As I was getting closer to sort of launching it, I listened to some podcasts and the attitude of all of these stories. One is called Side Hustle School. So if anybody's thinking about doing anything uh, um, uh, on their own or anything like that, check out just a few episodes of Side Hustle School. Every episode is a story of somebody yeah. who saw a need, and saw that it wasn't getting served and then decided to jump in to fill the need. I mean, it was so yeah, random. Sure. The example I use for a lot of people is this guy was uh, at his buddy's house, they were getting ready to go fishing and he needed worms, he needed to stop by the worms. And so he asked him, he's like, so where do these gas stations get the worms? Where did they get the bait? Right. You know what I mean? It can't be yeah. all from this one gas station in the middle of North Carolina where the church family stops. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> right. And, and, and so he's like, he's like, well, I don't know. So he started doing research and evidently there's this one place in Thailand or wherever that gives, you know, sells, supplies, worms and, and minnows to everybody in the country. And so yeah. he's like, okay. So he set up a website to drop ship, uh, uh, worms and minnows to people. So he doesn't have to handle the product. He doesn't yeah. have to store, you know, worms in his garage and he just manages the website and he makes like 4,000 a month. Yeah. just running the website of worms and minnows you know what I mean yeah. and every episode of that podcast is like that I mean it's not like everybody's making a million but it's like the, the whole umbrella of everything is like people have an idea and they just go for it so yeah. I'm like well shoot I'm just going to go for it then you know yeah. I'm going to learn a lot of the way, and I have learned a lot along the way um, but at least I'm going for it you know what I mean
0: yeah no I think I, I respect and admire that because I feel like that's exactly how black swamp got started even even before i started working there i mean when eric um was just building some instruments for himself and then kind of showing them to people and then it, essentially a hobby and then exactly like you're saying like kind of filling a need or seeing some gaps yeah, sort of yeah. in the in the instruments within the industry and and maybe something that he can offer to, to fill those. And that's really how it got started. And then yeah, taking a, taking a yeah. pretty big, pretty big step to be like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna devote all my time and resources and energy into making this yeah. happen. So um, no, well, I think to, it's super cool.
1: And to further kind of uh, keep the, the plug chain going <laughs> on, right, this, right. Uh, on this podcast, uh, the BSP Collective, that was my first real major project. Yeah, and sure. And you talk about time. I mean, I can, I can take you to the chair and the table that I sat at. I mean, there were so many hours of putting together that collection of, I think it's nine multi-percussion solos yeah. from all of these different people from affiliated with Black Swamp and bringing those all together into one collection that looks the same and has the same font. You know, like my yeah. nerdy layer is like, it's got to have the same font. It's got to have blah, 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 you know, all of that uh, stuff right. that normal normal like just book publishers and stuff and format people think of Um, and also to get the and also to bring in that layer of okay I'm a musician I can't have the page turn there because it's right in the middle of a phrase so I need to (laughs) you know I need to space out the music so there's no awkward page turns and and
0: wow okay yeah all that stuff all that stuff I didn't think about when I, when we decided to do it because it yeah. turned in, I mean, a little bit of backstory there. It turned into a far larger, larger project than I was anticipating and oh. I, like <laughs> like it, stuff that so, I didn't even think about. It's yeah. so
1: cool. Though. I mean, it's so cool. I love it. I love it. Yeah. And also <laughs> I got, you know, I was expecting Finale and Sibelius and I had two people uh, give me stuff that was in a different program. Like, okay. Um, uh, uh, I can't remember the name of it. Anyway, it was sort of like a like a free program or whatever, a free music. So yeah. I had to get that, and I had to convert all of it. And I had uh, a couple of that were handwritten. Corey Hills, the um, uh, uh, the storytelling, the the storybook, oh, um, yeah, multi percussion yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah. His was handwritten, and so I had to start from scratch with that, you know. And I <laughs> and I, I was a little I was a little bummed because I got his on uh, 11 by 17 landscape. Uh, you know, a tabloid and sure. it looked sweet, yeah. And then I and I got to the end of the road and he signed off on it, and I'm like, This is it. He's like, Yeah, it looks great. Okay, cool. Here we go. And then, I'm like, Oh, wait a minute, the whole collection is going to be eight and a half by 11 portrait, not landscape. Yeah. Yeah. So I had to reformat everything on his, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah,
0: well, yeah, that's a lot of work, and again, like stuff that I I didn't even think about to be honest (laughs) like so so awesome job (laughs) pulling it together like more than anything i would think i was just sending you emails being like hey what's the status on this hey what's the progress on this and like trying to organize it like and i also got and uh, i'm not sure if i ever told you this but i I did get uh i did get my hand slapped a little bit at work when our my cfo because i yeah i mean kind of my end was yeah the idea and coming up with it but also um sending instruments to composers and right. and kind of trying to tie all this kind of stuff together that they, you know, they can use these groups of instruments plus some other stuff and make it accessible sure. and things like that. And when my CFO realized that I sent out, uh, yeah, like... Yeah. Uh, the, thousands of dollars worth of instruments to people and and she didn't know if it was coming back cuz she didn't know if it was like right. was it being right. purchased was it is it given away like what's happening so i i sure. I had a lot of explaining to do uh, after we got this project off the ground sure. and i was yeah, like yeah, well, yeah, yeah. there's no turning back now like so there everything's already been sent out so We're already in uh, it yeah yeah so, yeah, bef- I mean, I guess before we move on to the, your current project, I, I'll just throw out, I already have some wheels. My gears are turning a little bit for maybe a volume two. So oh, that, I can't wait. Yeah, that'll be, a—I guess, a follow-up conversation. I don't know. But, um, no, it'll be, it'll be, yeah,
1: that'll be great.
0: Um, and obviously, I will do stuff much differently in the future, <laughs> <laughs> like try to, try to make it all easier. Like, I mean, just a lot of, yeah, a lot of things um, that I would do differently, just... Um, diversity and representation of the people of the composers sure, involved sure. And, and the sort of the scope of the project and yeah. and not o- not overwhelming you with all all of the content and, and and the sort of the more business aspect of it on my side so uh, oh i mean no, a lot of, I mean, lot of stuff to was think through.
1: that was like three years ago i think that was uh, yeah. Like three yeah, yeah three or I've four
0: got,
1: i've gotten a lot faster yeah <laughs> since, yeah, since cool. then uh right. but also i mean uh No, 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 no. I mean, it. When I think about this project, and when I think about publishing and stuff, it's like I don't mind doing all of this work on the front end. You know what I mean? Because once it's out there and it's there for the public, I'm sort of. My hands are, you know, I'm finished with it as far as the nitty gritty work. You know, I may have to do some tweaks or something, but that's a rare, a rarity, you know, so I don't mind doing all the work in the beginning of it as long as the finished product is worth it. And that's what I tell all the composers that I I speak to or potential composers that I can publish. You know, it's like, look, I'll I'll do all the work. It's okay. That's part of the publisher's job is to format and decide and make those make those kinds of calls. Um, yeah. as long as at the end we're both happy with it and you know we're both comfortable with the product and pleased with the music that will sort of live on in perpetuity after this
0: yeah well that's that's an interesting point because I'm not I'm I'm used to doing everything myself too like just as far as um, you know kind of growing and building um, you know marketing efforts within Black Swamp Percussion sure. and, Yeah. and like basically yeah putting everything together and Um, It's a lot. Yeah, and so I'm used to kind of like kind of that hands-on aspect, and then so being able to like let something go, uh, I think was that was a little difficult for me too. It was a little bit of an ego adjustment too. But but like, and then not and feel like I was following up with you like all the time. So and what's crazy is there was so if it's been like maybe three or so years since it published, like. I mean, it took a year and a half or, or more almost to, like, even get to it to be published. Like, it was an idea Absolutely. that I remember talking to Jamel at work about it, like, well, probably two years before everything got published. Like, hey, what would Jamel, what would you think if I sent out a bunch of gear to some of our artists and educators who I know are composers and let them, like, write? I was literally thinking, like, an etude, like, one page, sure. like, etude. Yeah. And then when everything you know, as I started corresponding with people and it just like turned into a much bigger project. And so, um, but I think it's, yeah, I think it's great. Oh Um, man. I'm
1: so pleased with how it turned out. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Cool. So,
0: so what I'm sure you're also pleased that this turned out is like your latest project, which, um, does it, sorry. See, this is why I like to have notes going in advance, Josh. There's like a, a subscription yeah. service through Ox and Lamb, is, and yes. then you're working with, I know, Andrew Vinay, Evelyn Glennie, and then I think Michael Burritt. Yes. Uh, and they've all written solos for yeah. Ox and Lamb, and then the it's kind of a subscription thing where they're they're gradually, they have maybe already been released, but... Tell me about yeah. that project, so I don't like you talk about it, so I don't slaughter. Okay,
1: it. no, I call it the Music Club, the Oxen Lane Music Club, and my my right. my wife keeps telling me I need to change the name, and I might change the name. I don't know. I think I should <laughs> cause, because my my initial thought was so. Here's the genesis of that. You know, I don't know if you know. Like every now and then, you get to see an ad on Facebook. It's like a T-shirt club where yeah. you pay fifteen bucks a month from this company, and you get a whatever whatever T-shirt. Maybe it's right. a theme. Like they're all like. Random space things or whatever, or you know, out, outdoorsy things or just logos or whatever. Right. It's like, oh, that's cool. And I sent out a survey and I thought, well, what if we did that with music? You know, what if uh, everybody paid a flat fee of whatever, and every month they got a new piece of music, and I would I would commission you know, ten or twelve pieces from twelve different composers. And I sent out a survey to like seventy different schools and I got hundreds of responses back and a lot of them said, that's too much music to consume in a year. I was like, Oh, okay. You know what? I guess I didn't think about that. Uh, you know, they they said if we're lucky, you know, we'd get to maybe two or three of them and the rest would just live in the filing cabinet. I was like, okay. So then I just thought, okay, how about we just did three heavy hitter folks. And, uh, so really it's kind of like a three for one, you pay 45 bucks and you get three pieces of music. So think about it, $15 for each person, uh, for each solo. And I wanted it to be a substantial solo between five and eight minutes, and all the composers came in on board with that. And uh, uh, this can be something that you purchase and you whether you play it immediately or not, it's something that you'll have. And the kicker is it's only available for this one year. Yeah. Uh, uh, my original intent was to release the first one in January, release the next one like in May, like kind of in quarters, like every four months, and release yeah. the third one in August and September. Uh, but I'm finding out, at least I'm trying to read people's minds. I'm sure you all do this as well. It's like, why aren't yeah. people buying more castanets? You know, <laughs> right. uh, you know, it's like, I don't think they're buying it because they don't know what the music is yet. The T-shirt, you know, you get the gist of it. It's going to be yeah, a, sure. a color. That'll be fine. Some logo, fine. I know what a T-shirt is. But yeah. with music, I think people are a little bit more uh, discerning and intimate with it. They know the composers, but they may not know the music. So um, I'm in the middle of formatting Mike Burrett's piece. I'm almost finished with that. That was going to be released in May anyway. I already have uh, Evelyn's piece finished, and it's ready to go. Um, As soon as I finish Mike's, I'm just going to release all of them. And from here on out, the music club, uh, name TBD, (laughs) <laughs> is going to be as as if you buy it, you get all three pieces uh January first or whenever you buy it within that calendar year you're going to yeah. get all three at the same time and i'll have previews and videos and sound samples of all three uh, yeah. uh, immediately so that people kind of know where they're getting into but yeah. um, i'm I'm so excited the music just turned out so well Mike's is a little bit, and I wanted it to be like hot shot high school early uh college folks freshman sophomore junior year of college. Uh, mike's is a little bit more difficult and he's like he we were talking he's like man i wrote it hard what can i say i, I just can't help it and i was like okay <laughs> right. man no problem i think everybody will understand yeah. um I, i'm so happy with that i'm so happy with andrea's piece and i'm so happy with evelyn's piece i mean everything is just really really come together so nicely um, and i've already contacted folks for the next year this is something i plan to do every year you do the 45 the three-for-one deal um yeah. and then after this year i mean I told all the publishers they get all of their music back and they can do whatever they want with it. They may publish it through their own things. I'll probably do an ask, you know, say, Hey, I'll only ask once, but I would love to keep it in the ox and lamb catalog, you yeah. know, and then that'll be a different price point and a different set of, you know, royalty stipulations and things like that. Sure. Um, but anyway, uh, so that's, that's what's, that's what's rolling right now. That's the, that's the project that's on the front burner right now. For well, me.
0: yeah, it's, it's exciting. Um, also because well i think the project is cool and the idea like the concept is really smart especially Mm -hmm. i think you're right there's like i was talking to my dad about it a couple months ago or even i think like maybe even last fall about like these subscription services and he's like you know i'm sorry i'm not i'm i don't mean mean to make you fun of my dad's dad voice. voice i no, did no, to go into it, my you know what yeah. sorry dad he does yeah. listen sometimes so i'll apologize <laughs> right now dad i'll use i'll use my my voice do it. for my dad we all do <laughs> yeah. it. so um i already made fun of your voice josh so now I, I okay. can't, i'm can i'm um so he's like you know i i am subscribed to this like um i think it's like biblical archaeology review magazine sure. or something yeah and yeah and he's like there's a you know they have this subscription thing where you you buy you kind of pay up front and then you get these um you know not only the magazine but some other gifts and other things like that and and i think it was about around the same time like shortly after shutdown too that you and i were talking about like that Mm. project and so i think it's really smart and i don't know if i mean i think you were planning it before Mm -hmm. the pandemic obviously oh yeah you were but even so i think it's a great kind of like pivot for the company like for mm. ox and lamb like mm. you know you have obviously um you know you're i don't want to say normal publications but like ongoing publications sure, but then you yeah. but then you have something different that's like the yeah, subscription base and something unique yeah. and special and um Honestly, we're probably gonna steal it. Black Swamp is gonna uh, steal, uh, sort of steal your idea because okay. after we sure. talked about it, <laughs> I yeah. went back and and I was like, I mean, not we're not gonna publish music, obviously, but like just no. kind of the I- idea I think is really kind of smart. In um, yeah, and it keeps we'll things fresh. Fi-
1: we'll do a fifty-fifty split, Tim. That's fine. No, That's no,
0: fine. Yeah. no, no, because on our end, I kind of equate it like from us, um, and I, I don't know if I've talked about it on the podcast before, but I'll, or I I'll do like. You said in, with, through Moorhead, we did a, uh, like, a, I did a presentation, like, kind of a, a Zoom hang and talk about product yeah, and yeah. stuff. And I think I did mention, like, our creativity, like, as as craftsmen and as woodworkers and musicians. Yeah. And and kind of finding an outlet for that. And it doesn't always, that outlet isn't always, like, our main catalog. Sometimes it's limited edition product. Or That's sometimes right, limited it's edition, like, yeah. Yeah, so it's like, or... Um, you know, sometimes we gotta charge a little bit more of a premium for it. So, um, or we we're like, okay, we're not gonna sell thousands of these, you know, over the next couple of years or whatever, you know. Right. So it's kind of a more of a specialty thing. So again, the limited edition aspect comes up. So that's how I kind of I kind of equate it in my in my mind. Like absolutely, so yeah. If if we were to do something like similar, you know, it would be kind of really creative, like product based or like kind of limited edition stuff. And well, um, I think of those hand,
1: like those hand carved uh, drums that Eric did. Um yeah, I yeah, saw so yeah, many videos they're... of him just chipping away, you know and I mean? I yeah. thought, man, if I had the cash, I'd get one of those. Cause they, I mean, yeah. you look back on some of that limited edition stuff and it's like, I'm like, I have a djembe that I bought from a company that's out of business now, you know, they're sure. completely gone off the map and not coming back. I'm like, I'm yeah. kind of glad I have that drum. It's got special woods, special blah blah blah. You know what I mean? Yeah, cool. It's cool stuff.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I, I think again, it's sort of an an outlet for our creativity. Um, and, for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, for like our anniversary, we've you know for our twentieth, and then a recently our twenty fifth anniversary, we did some. Congratulations. Yeah, thanks. It was a it was a super exciting year. Like <laughs> last year was our 25th <laughs> anniversary, so um, yeah. yeah, and we were able to release like some limited edition products and and do cool. that type of stuff. So um, yeah, I think it's kind of special what you're doing with Ox and Lamb, like oh, similarly, so, like uh, trying to do you know some do something cool and different and yeah. and feature like artists and and the music they're writing. So yeah. Right. Right. So it, it'll be ongoing. You're already talking to every, people about it.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I I already have somebody signed for next year. I um, yeah. So this year, I sort of crossed my fingers and was like, okay, I hope they write stuff that it's a nice collection of three pieces. And so Andrea right. wrote a Vibes piece, Mike wrote a Marimba piece, and Evelyn wrote a Marimba piece.
2: Yeah. And cool. so
1: next year, I was like, okay, I don't want to pigeonhole myself into that. I want to kind of uh, reach out to the rest of the community or people that are maybe bent the other way so i was like okay next year's just going to be a drum year 2022 will be a drum year yeah. and so i asked um somebody to write a uh, drum set solo just a four-piece drum set solo uh ride crash hi-hat yeah. and uh i asked peter erskine and he said yes oh no so, way
0: yeah awesome yeah wow we're so peter, uh, yeah we're getting all that <laughs> we're spilling the tea here on the black swan podcast an exclusive yeah that's, that's right. great Breaky, man
1: breaking news and then yeah. I have two other people. Um, they haven't signed contracts yet, so I don't want to say. But anyway, I'm oh, just so cool. excited. And yeah. um, I, th- I think people are getting behind it. And people are always excited when I mention the composers and the people. They're like, oh, wow, oh, wow. You know what I mean? I, yeah. I plan on you know, talking about uh, the next step. I plan on uh, – you and I talked about PASIC in person this year. And I plan on having yeah. a booth at PASIC this yeah, very year. Cool. Um, just m- mainly to kind of uh, put a, a face to the face to the name and just get – more of my community, because this is my, you know, this is my uh, community base, you know, right. uh, percussionists in high school and college and beyond. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah.
0: No, I, I think that's as far as trade shows go, and especially PASIC, like that I've yeah. always, that's the value I've always seen in PASIC. Like, sure. Um I mean, of course, there's a sort of a monetary. Uh, I mean, there's an expense, obviously, but sure, you know, yeah. we also work with some of our retail partners there, and and we, you know, we sell products um, and stuff like Great. that. But for me, like the value is like, yeah, meeting people that I already know and our artists and our supporters. Yeah. Yeah. And like yourself there, but then also meeting new people or meeting students that use our product and are like sort of excited, you know. So you kind of see yeah. this new this new excitement from uh, students or younger players, or even you know, like educators or you know older players yeah. that that still love percussion instruments and then yeah. come by and play stuff and ask questions. And so, um, I, I to me that's like one of the biggest benefits of going to going to PASIC. So.
1: Tim, I've thought about this. I don't care how digital our world gets in the future, I don't think sure. there's ever gonna be a replacement for just face to face making human connections like that. So yeah, sure. I, I'm right I'm right I'm on board with it. I'm right there with you.
0: Yeah, thanks. Yeah. Thanks, Josh. Hey, you're welcome, Tim. <laughs> yeah. Uh uh All right, man. Well, I, I do kinda of have one other question before sure. we maybe put a little bow on this. Like okay. and I it's one that that I do I kinda of like to ask. Um I don't know if I ask it of every guest, but, um, okay. sometimes I like to find out about inspiration, like what, maybe what, um, uh, people are, are watching, what they're listening to. I mean, you mentioned podcasts earlier, the, the side hustle school podcasts, like other, yeah. are other, are other things out there, even not, uh, in the music world or in the music world that you mm-hmm. kind of find a, a consistent source of inspiration or, um, from.
1: There's an author called John Acuff, A-C-U-F-F, and he's out of Nashville. He's written seven, he's just released his seventh book, and uh, one of his books was called uh, Start, and it was all about inspiration on how to start a project, and I kind of got on board learning about him when he wrote his most uh, recent, before this one, book called Finish, and it's about how to finish a project, and he did a bunch of research, and things like that. And his new book is called soundtracks, which I'll probably pick up this summer or something like that. Yeah, Talking cool. about sort of the soundtracks we have in our head, the things that we tell ourselves, you know, um, yeah. I, I really, and I just listened to his podcast. He's a funny guy and he's really quick and he makes a lot of really quick references. And, um, anyway, I'm
0: just, he's a lot like, jumped... like
1: me. Yeah. It's yeah, carbon <laughs> copy. Carbon <laughs> copy. Uh,
0: so for, no. for the last couple okay. of weeks,
1: J- John Acuff has been my jam. Just, uh, Uh, listening to that and doing a lot of that yeah yeah for sure
0: no i mean podcasts are um like the guys at work i've probably mentioned this on on this podcast before like yeah um they uh sit and you know work and listen to podcasts all day like i mean right. we we gotta have some rules and regulations we're osha approved like um, yeah like you know if yeah. you're doing doing certain tasks you need to you know not be listening to something you need to be in tune to what you're doing but right if it's wear kind a of a shirt a, you, know, yeah, you know yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. wear yeah. shoes have, have shoes yeah. and a shirt on yeah. exactly right um right. but if they're you know they have an opportunity of you know it's kind of general assembly stuff or packaging or or whatever a kind of routine type things staff you know, meetings kind of, right yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 Yeah. just tune me out guys <laughs> tune me out it's totally cool um that they listen to podcasts and from everything politics uh religion yeah. like social yeah. things uh like inspiration um like you're kind of talking about so i love kind of hearing about that unfortunately yeah. i I, I talked to my wife about this too, because she, we bounce podcasts off each other all the time Yeah, and she's a graphic designer and she can, she can sit and work design and listen to podcasts. Mm. And it's like almost kind of background, but yet she's, she is listening and absorbing it, but she can't listen to music. Like she gets sort of sidetracked if she tries to listen to music where I'm the opposite. I, yeah, I put on Spotify or, uh, you know, um, Uh, not Pandora, but whatever I put on, you know, my playlists and I just, I just work, I can sit at work and have music on, but I can't listen to people talk while I'm working. Um, because then I just, if I'm sending out an email, I find myself like, I just stop and then I stare out the window. And then like yeah. five minutes have gone by and I realized I haven't done sleep. anything. <laughs> yeah. There but I'm like podcasts, li- listening to what they're saying. So there are yeah, some
1: podcasts ahead. I love, but I can't do it while I'm driving because I love it so much. I want to take notes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's yeah, like good there. nuggets of information. So if I'm driving, I have to have podcasts that are sort of like you're just telling me a story or something like yeah.
0: that. Yeah. yeah, there's there's one I listen to. Uh, well, it's actually called the Bible Project and it yeah. it, it if, if you're familiar with it, I guess maybe a, a little know. bit. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Well, the, it's super cool because it's Is that it, Francis
1: Chan's thing?
0: Uh, I don't think so. I and, forget okay. the guy's names, okay. but okay. they're very they have an online uh, presence. They do a lot of videos and they do a lot yeah. of animation. It's just like super well done. Oh, cool. And then and then they kind of do these deep dives into into well, you know, scripture and things like that. And yeah. so I, I do like, I'll listen to it uh, going to and home from work sometimes. And yeah, totally. I'm like, Oh gosh, I need to be taking notes right now. <laughs> like <laughs> I need to know what's going on. There's
2: pressure.
0: Or, yeah. Yeah. Or just, yeah. I listen to a lot of NPR podcasts then and just like sure. um, things, you know, about social issues and, and politics or whatever. And I'm just like, Oh man, I need to pull over man and just yeah. like write stuff down. So it is, yeah, yeah. I, I i have tried to figure out okay what's the best way to like do i need like a separate like a, one of those old school tape recorders where i can literally right. just be like w- talk into it like press pause yeah. and then talk in it so i have it for the future but yeah you got man, it on we, your
1: phone you got voice memos on your phone yeah, yeah but
0: then i'm listening to the podcast and then i got it oh, yeah. like, oh gotcha. i got gotcha. on the phone it's yeah so <laughs> oh, um, i got gotcha. you yeah you mean um, while you're listening yeah yeah so <laughs> that's funny um yeah cool i yeah it's good to hear um and anything else you want to, to want to shout out or to, you know, kind of, we can find all your deets, all your Ox and Lamb just deets on the, on the webs and the socials Oxenland and everything.
1: music.com. Yeah. Just Ox music.com. Just that's your one-stop shop yeah. uh, for me and all of the limited edition music club uh, yeah. music L- for this year. <laughs>
0: edition club. Yeah. Okay. So the title the of this project is expanding. And, it is. Uh, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's the 2021. Oxen Lamb Music Club Limited Edition, as done by Tim Church. <laughs> Wait, TM, what? trademark. Did, how,
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> copyright. Uh, yeah. No, titles are hard, man. Because I, <laughs> we're part of the reason why I'm I was not fully prepared for this uh, conversation is because we're just wrapping up. When I say we, Nathan and I are yeah. wrapping up our our next sound solution project, oh, and. Yeah. If so, when people are listening to this, the, the project's already over and you missed it. Sorry, but yeah, um, missed out. we we do like a couple times a, year, edition, yeah. Yeah, we do couple times a year. Yeah, we do these a couple times a year. Yeah, well, you know, we do these sound solution projects, and it's a name I kind of came up with several years ago, and I'm sort of tired of it now. You know, it's kind of oh. like, well, and it's not the most like catchy thing, it's, it's kind of corporate or just like kind of silly, but it was like the best I could do at the time, and so you know. A, no. unfortunately a lot of things at work you know you're like you have the best intentions to like plan things out and yeah and like come up with like all these you know great ideas and and then it's like you we have so much going on that you know we get it done we sort of meet our our mental deadline or whatever yeah and, yeah, yeah yeah but it's like okay we got it done we got it out there um so I don't know. I'm I'm rethinking the name of that too, cause, cause it's kind of kind of hard. So if you but. if you watch
1: Parks and Rec, you need Tom Haverford to come in and rebrand you. <laughs> okay, have I've you ever gotta, seen that show?
0: I, I've seen it, but I'm yeah, I'm not overly familiar with it. So his,
1: his whole thing was just rebranding things, you know, yeah. like the city wanted to take fluoride out of the drinking water, and so he rebranded it. Uh, oh, what uh, a, tea dazzle, you know, <laughs> the, it's the dazzle for your teeth, and so
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: you drink. Ten gallons of tea dazzle in a week, you're gonna get your tea dazzle club card. Da da da, you know, yeah. anyway.
0: I'll okay. Yeah, I'll write down parks and wreck also. Yeah. I'm making yeah. that. Yeah. Out, there, so. yeah. Um All right, man. Well, we've reached about an hour here. So that okay. that's my that's my mental bandwidth for a, a podcast conversation is about an hour. So i I've, I've, (laughs) you can tap out if you want to. That's that's fine. You you can keep talking. I might have to go get (laughs) something to eat. So, do you want me to just keep recording and you could, you could just kind of, you just talk? Just make me something to eat. Let me watch you eat. Stream of consciousness. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Deep
0: thoughts. Uh, Hey, man, it's been good to talk to you. Yeah. No, it's been a blast. I, I, um, I mean, I say this at the end of every podcast episode, I think, but like, I mean, you and I have known each other for years, but I always kind of learn something new and I kind of get a little bit more a story behind people and what they're doing. So... I I love it. And what if other people care and want to listen to the podcast? That's even better, but uh, just icing on the cake. Yeah, it's more about me than anyone. So, uh sure. I sure. I really appreciate yeah, you spend time. I appreciate all the support like you've given us over the last several years and shown us. I appreciate like collaborating on projects and everything. So, Yeah. It goes uh, both
1: ways, Tim. I appreciate all the, the products and the, the craftsmanship and the workmanship and all of the care that you all put into everything you do, not just the products, but also with how you treat the artists and how you treat others. So, I mean, yeah, it's just great. The The affection is mutual.
0: Yeah. Okay. Okay. Very cool. We'll we'll give yeah. a bro hug next time next time we see each other. I'll force you
1: I'll force you into one. <laughs>
0: yeah, I I'm always I've always even pre-pandemic, I'm not a hugger, man. Like I Jamel. I know. Jamel uh, always liked yeah, he will sometimes he'll just like uh well not lately, but he'll just come up behind me and give me a like a bear attack. hug. Yeah, sneak yeah. attack. Uh and it's like ah so uh yeah, we I'm working it. on we, that. I'm working on that. We got there's something behind people
1: it. Like, I don't know we got to keep people like you on your on their toes, Tim. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> All right, man. Well, enjoy the rest of your day, and yeah, we'll talk again soon. Thanks. All
1: right, thanks. Bye. Yep.
0: This has been a BSP production, recorded and produced out of the Black Swamp Percussion Facilities in Zeeland, Michigan. Audio and production assistance by Nathan Coles. Intro and outro music by Adam Hopper. Music sprinkled throughout the episode featured performances by Josh Smith, as well as excerpts from Strobelante's Andrew Vinay's Music Club composition, as well as selections from the BSP Collective with performances by Ben Cantrell and Gustavo Miranda. Visit the show notes for this episode to find YouTube links to some of this music.